Okay, this morning I'm going to um, speak about the fruits of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. Um, in November or October, I went to the, our Region 2 conference and um, one of the presentations was on the fruit of the Spirit. And I really like the way how, this, um, how the lady presented it. It also reminds you of what you need to do as a uh, Christian, put on. And just the way how she did the whole presentation, she did it. So I just thought that I would um, um, try and bring the same um, topic to you. It's not quite how she's, she did it, but um, in my own study, I've been able to find some, um, get some information myself. And also at the end, there'll be a poem that I'll be reading as well, which is a poem that I received many years ago via email. And then I, had, I lost it and it managed to come back on. So I, I will read that at the end as well. So I'd just like to read from scripture. It's taken from Galatians 5, verse 22 to 25. And if someone could just read that for me, please. Galatians 5, verse 22 to 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'd just like to um, just give you a bit of background to um, Galatians, um, where Paul was speaking to the Galatians Christians. And I understand he was the one that won them to Christ, and he was encouraging them to just continue to live by faith and not by the law, but they should, that they should retain their spiritual freedom in Christ. See, what was happening, the um, Jewish leaders, they were starting to teach the Galatian Christians, saying that to be saved, that they had to be circumcised, and they were trying to bring the law in. But then Paul was encouraged them, no, it's not, you don't live by the law, but you're living by faith. And he was saying to the brethren too that they should serve one another with love. And, and also he mentioned uh, what the works of the flesh and in comparing the works of the flesh that you would not inherit in um, the kingdom of God. And then he was telling them to put on the fruit of the Spirit, which will help them in their daily living. And also the fruit of the Spirit will help us with our daily living. Okay, so the fruit, the word fruit is significant for three reasons. Because it means the result, the product, outcomes or effect produced by the Spirit in the believer's life. Unlike the gifts of the Spirit, which are only given to some Christians, each believer is to have all nine virtues composing of the fruit of the Spirit. As a fruit on a tree takes time to grow and mature, so the Spirit does not cultivate these virtues in the believer's life overnight. So the fruit, as we know, uh, starts, most of them start from a seed, and it also requires water, and then depending on the time of year, how it will grow. But another thing that is important is how well the soil is prepared. And I was just doing a, just a little bit of research, and that with strawberries, apparently they take um, approximately two to three months to grow. All right, grapes, um, it's three years from the first planting to mature enough to bear fruit. And with apples, it's like three to eight years once the tree is planted. So you know that with some of these fruits, it's going to be quite a long time before you actually see any um, maturity. And it's going to be the same with the fruit of the Spirit for us as well. 
Right, so the fruit of the Spirit can only be produced by God. And these fruits um, produce a Christian character and shows that Christ is living in us. And in Galatians 2 verse 20, it says, Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. So everything that we do um, as a Christian, we cannot do it by ourselves. It is the Holy Spirit that helps us. Now for the fruit to develop, all nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit must mature. Right now, I'm not professing that I have that all nine are mature in my life at all. I'm going on <laughs> to maturity. Okay, but John 15 verse 8 says that the Father is glorified when we bear fruit. Yeah. And it's just like with anything like with um, parents, with our children. When our children start um, developing and, and excelling in something, as parents, we, are, we, we feel glorified, don't we? We're proud of our children. It's the same with God. When we start bearing the fruits that we should do, he, um, we glorify him. So the, um, the character of Christ is the fullest manifestation of this fruit in the New Testament. Um, as Christians, we should allow the Holy Spirit to develop this character within us so that we might be blameless before others and not hinder the testimony of Christ. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, He who began the good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And we know that when... Um, when Christ starts the good work in us, he will perform it today if we continue in him. So what are the fruits of the Spirit? You can see there are nine fruits, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Right, love is the willing sacrifice and it's the giving of oneself for the benefit of another without thought of return. So Deuteronomy 6 verse 5, if someone could find that, and we see that Jesus was willing, Jesus willingly sacrificed his life to save us so that we can have eternal life. And that's from John 3 verse 16. And also Galatians 5 verse 14 says that the whole law is a single statement that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Okay. Can I find Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 just to hear what it says? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Amen. So we have to love the Lord with all our hearts and mind and we also have to love our neighbour as ourselves. Joy is gladness of heart which is internal joy because of the person that lives in us. This joy, the world cannot take it away. You know, we know the song, this peace that I have. The world cannot give it away. It's the same with this, um, with joy. The joy that we have is an internal joy. So even though when things are going not good around us, because of the joy that we have in the Lord, we can still continue. The song says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Okay. And in Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, in his presence, there is fullness of, of joy. And it is when, um, wherever you are, whether it be at, at church or if you're at home and you're, um, you know, you're in the presence of the Lord, I mean, there is joy. There is joy when you feel God's presence. Amen. Peace, which is um, tranquility of mind, freeing one from worry or fear. Again, this peace that we have, the world didn't give it to us and they can't take it away. So amidst all the trouble that is going on in the world at the moment, I mean, and sometimes we can look and we think, oh gosh, what is going on? What is going on? But as Christians, because we have Christ, 
and, we, and having that peace in us, we, can, we don't have to worry or fear. So there's a song that says there's peace in the midst of the storm. I don't know all the lyrics, but just think about it. Try and, um, yeah, imagine it. Peace in the midst of the storm. So with Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. You know, and, you know, sometimes we go through rough times in our life and, you know, we can seem calm. And then people around you be thinking, how, how, how is that person continuing like that? Because of the peace. Because we know that Christ is in the vessel and we can smile at the storm. Right. The next one is long-suffering, which is taken James 1, verse 2 to 3. Now, this is one that I always say that I don't, I don't pray for. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that, but long-suffering, because it's, it's patience. It requires patience. And then sometimes when we pray for these things, then the Lord sends things to test our patience. And, you know, sometimes we don't like what happens. So I would say to Benji that, that's one of those things I'm not praying for because it's going to come anyway, so it's going to come. So James 1, verse 2 to 3 says, My brethren, I count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Amen. 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 So it is... So patience does work. It, yeah, sorry? Yes, patience brings perfection. Also, patience is, ha is having patience with others, um, which is the opposite of a short temper. Okay. So we need patience for, um, for everything in life. You know, sometimes we're waiting for things, and we want it to happen now, and the Lord's like, no, you have to wait. And then sometimes the waiting is just, just too long and sometimes we end up messing up because we we can't be bothered to wait and we try and sort things out ourselves and just make a mess of it but the lord is requiring us to be patient so that is one of the fruits that we need to um, bear so patience we need to yeah we need patience for results for our prayers so when we're praying to the lord let's just wait on him until he's ready to answer us and we've heard quite a few times here that in our waiting that we should make sure that our our behavior and, and our actions is, is right as well while we're waiting. Okay, the next one is gentleness. Um, gentleness is kindness, which comes from a position of strength and authority. Ephesians 4 verse 32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So just like the Lord is kind to us, we need to be kind to our one another. And also you'll notice that um, gentleness and kindness, and as we go further down, a lot of them are interlinked with each other. Sorry, excuse me. Could you just give us that? Ephesians 4, verse 32. And it says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The next fruit is goodness, which is generosity it's sharing with others the lord has been good to us so we should be good to others psalms 23 verse 6 says surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life numbers 10 verse verse 32 says what goodness the lord shall do unto us the same will we do 
Okay, so because the Lord is showing goodness to us, we must show goodness to our others as well. Okay. Faith. Lamentations 3, verse 23. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Faith is dependability. No matter what is going on around us in life, our faith keeps us from, from wavering. In some of the songs that we sung today, we heard that our God is faithful. He never gives up on us. Never. Sometimes we try to be faithful, but then, you know, we're not then faithful because of how things are. But God never gives up on us. No matter what we do, he's always there for us. Um, Hebrews 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold on to our profession of our hope without wavering, because he who promised is faithful. So we have that confidence in Christ, that if we hold on to him, we, he has promised that he's faithful. So we know that he will bring us through all the situations that we have to deal with. Whether through or out of it, he will bring us through it. Meekness, which is also gentleness. So gentleness is not weakness, it is strength under control. Sometimes when people are meek, sometimes people take it to think that people are weak, but it's not, it is not weakness. It is strength under control. It is courtesy and consideration um, in one's relation with others. Now Jesus was meek, wasn't he? Yes. But at the same time he was strong. Yes. When those people were in that house selling all the different stuff, he wasn't meek then, was he? <laughs> He was strong. Also, Moses was meek, but he was also a great teacher. So, you know, if when we um, put on meekness, we must think um, we're being weak. I mean, and sometimes, like even in the workplace or wherever, because you're meek, or maybe you don't say a lot, people will take that to to think that you're weak. When I was at school, when I was at school. Um, I, I wasn't a loud person, and I still don't think I'm a loud person now. But when I was at school, I was, I was quiet. And for some reason, individuals thought, because I'm quiet, that they thought, oh yes, let's pick on, let's pick on me. But what they didn't realize, that just because I'm quiet, it doesn't mean that I cannot defend myself. So I had to, and I surprised a few people during my school days, because they thought I was weak, only to find out that was not the case. And I'll say no more about that. And the last, um, the last fruit is temperance, which is self-control. So Second Peter one, verse one. Second Peter one, verse five to six. Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith the virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. Amen. So temperance, or self-control, is the ability to harness and control one's passions and lust. Our temper, our time, and our tongue. Like Colossians 4 verse 6 says, let your speech be always with grace. Okay. And then against such there is no law. And then when I was reading, I'm thinking, what does, what does it mean against such there is no law? And in 1 Timothy 1 verse 9, it says... That the law is good if a man use it lawfully, but the law is not made for the righteous man, but it's made for the lawless and the disobedient. And because of the Jewish leaders were trying to 
um, teach the Galatians uh, legalism and law, Paul had to say, you know, these are the fruits that you need, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. It's not the legal side of things. It's not the law. These are the things that you need to put on to live a daily uh, Christian life. Mm-hmm. Right, so these fruits, we have to bear them in our, in our Christian life. And I mean, you can think to yourself, how many of these fruits do I have? You know, but it's between you and God. You know where you need to develop. I know where I need to, um, to develop. But the, with the thing is, with having Christ in our lives, we can get there. And as we heard that, um, that these, these are fruits that we have to bear in our Christian life yes. and that they won't be produced overnight. So don't fear if you don't have all nine because they won't be produced overnight. Matthew 7 verse 16 to 20 says, know, you, um, know them by their fruits or by their fruits you shall know them. John 15 verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. So we need to be abiding in Christ to be able to bear these fruits. We cannot do it by ourselves, but we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we should allow the Holy Spirit to develop these fruits in our lives. So if we're struggling to produce any of these fruits, do not fear. Just ask God to help you to mature in these areas. And he will. He said he's faithful. So he will. So all things are possible with God. So just like the natural fruit that needs water, and it needs the right soil, the soil needs to be well prepared, we also need to water ourselves with the word of God and prayer, and we need to make sure that we're in the right environment to mature. And also we need to find ways that when we hear the word, that we apply the word to our lives and put it in practice. Amen. And I just hope that these, it's quite short, but I hope that the, the fruits that we've mentioned have, will be helpful to someone today. And I'd just like to finish off reading um, a poem which is called Heaven's Grocery Store. And this is the email that I said I, I received many years ago. And when I read it, you know, some emails, you think, yes, I really like this, it's encouraging. And then it went off the scene for a while. And then at the, at the retreat, um, it was brought up again. So Heaven's Grocery Store. I was walking down life's highway a long time ago. One day I saw a sign that read, Heaven's Grocery Store. As I got a little closer, the door came open wide. And when I came to myself, I was standing inside. I saw a host of angels that were standing everywhere. One handed me a basket and said, my child, shop with care. Everything a Christian needed was in that grocery store. And all you couldn't carry, you could come back the next day for more. First, I got some patience. Love was in the same row. Further down was understanding, you need that everywhere you go. I got a bag or two of wisdom, a bag or two of faith. I just couldn't miss the Holy Ghost, because for it was all over the place. I stopped to get some strength and courage to help me run this race. By then, my basket was getting full, but I remembered I needed some grace. I didn't forget salvation, for salvation was free. So I tried to get enough of that to save both you and me. Then I started up to the counter to pay my grocery bill, for I thought I had everything to do the master's will. As I went up the aisle, I saw prayer, and I just had to put that in, 
for I knew when I stepped outside, I would run into sin. Peace and joy were plentiful. They were last on the shelf. Song and praise were hanging near, so I just helped myself. Then I said to the angel, now how much do I owe? And he smiled and said, just take them everywhere you go. Again, I smiled and said, oh, how much do I really owe? He smiled again and said, my child, Jesus paid your bill a long time ago. In my few words, Jesus' name.